You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. That energy you feel in the air, that magic that is just washing over your entire soul and being is the knowing that week one of the NFL is here. Like, this is it. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're into our last 48 hours of unreasonable amounts of hope for many fans as everybody's decided that their team is going to shock the world and, like, those hopes are going to come crashing down on Sunday. But, like, right now the energy is just so incredibly positive for everybody. This is why it's one of my favorite weekends of the year, Sarah. But... We got to get some insight on it because, especially in Week One, it's hard to it's hard to bet with your with your mind and not your heart. So let's get some expertise from ESPN betting and fantasy analyst Eric Moody joining us. Follow him on Twitter at Eric Moody. Also check him out uh, as part of the work we have on Chalk right now. There's some Week One betting tips that are out there. And Moody, appreciate you hanging out with us. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I, I look at some of this and try and figure out how to make any of it make sense. So Aaron Rodgers and the Packers set to take on the Vikings. That's the first time without Devontae. How do you sort of weigh what we've seen in the past versus what we know we'll see now, which looks completely different? Now, good point, because things do look completely different for, for Green Bay this year. And so I'll put it to you like this. The NFC North power hierarchy could change in 2022, and the, and the Vikings might fill the void. So you've got Kevin O'Connell. Formerly, the Rams will bring a pass-heavy offense to Minnesota, which I believe is going to test the Packers' defense in week one. You look at Minnesota, they got a new coaching staff. We don't, that obviously means we don't have a lot of film you know, for the Packers to prepare for. And the Vikings have a 32-17 record at home since 2016, the second-best home record in the division over that uh, time frame behind the Packers and seventh-best in the league. So in the past, you know, the Vikings have done well against the spread when they are underdogs at home. So in week one, my recommendation is to back them. I'm fascinated by what the Packers are going to look like without Devontae Adams and how defenses are going to play them differently. So they're also going to have to wait and see what the opposition is giving them. Um, And speaking of Devontae Adams, I'm fascinated to see how he reacts to getting balls from a different guy. I know he's friends with Jason Fitz's best buddy over at the Raiders, but how does that actually look in, in practice? Raiders are getting three and a half on the road against the Chargers over under is 52. Are there any plays that you like in that one? Yeah, looking looking at uh, Devontae Adams with his college buddy, uh, Derek Carr, and I- I'm excited to see the fireworks that they're going to uh, create in the AFC West. And so you just look at that division, right? I'm like, it is loaded. So we get to see, obviously, two of those teams face off. And you look at uh, – I'm going to start with the Chargers. So you look at their defense. I'm like, it was upgraded in a big way this offseason. But you look at the Raiders, and they talked about Devontae Adams. Even last year, they ranked sixth in passing yards per game uh, without Devontae. And – can still pose a challenge to this defense. And so I, I just look at it, Sarah, and I'm, I'm thinking that, okay, it's going to be very difficult to defend uh, Adam, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and this is looking like a high-scoring game if you're looking at it from a betting lens, and I'm leaning towards the over. I want to give you another prop that I would look into as well if you like to bet on player props, and that would be uh, Mike Williams over 56.5 receiving yards. So last season, Williams surpassed 60 receiving yards in 9 of 16 games played. Furthermore, he surpassed 60 receiving yards in week one in each of the last two seasons. So those are two bets that I like. 
It's too much positivity on the Chargers, Eric. You're like you're you're uh-huh. here with me. I'm wearing a Raiders shirt in studio. Good God, you're gonna make me drink before we even get to Friday night. All right, let me ask you this though, from a fantasy standpoint, because for anyone that doesn't okay. know, Eric covers not only betting but also fantasy for us and does great work in both areas. So if you're looking at a fantasy roster and trying to figure out a split here, I mean, how do the Raiders balance getting enough touches for Renfro, Waller, and Adams? Yeah, and so obviously when you have like a, a target monster like uh, like Devontae Adams, it is going to negatively impact obviously uh, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. So Adams is the alpha. But I, I like Renfro quite a bit in fantasy as like a flex option with upside. And obviously Darren Waller is a, a tight end one. He could even get the uh, Rob Gronkowski treatment uh, with Josh McDaniels there in uh, Las Vegas. And so I'd love to see him be featured more into the red zone. So at the end of the day, I think it all balances itself out very nicely. So if fantasy managers have any of those players, they're going to be very happy, very happy with the results. Eric Moody, ESPN betting and fantasy analyst with us. Follow him at Eric and Moody. It's Spain and Fitz. I was pretty happy last night. I had the Bills defense. I had Cooper Cup. I know some folks who had Allen Robinson. Not so happy. <laughs> Plenty of time. <laughs> what would you tell fantasy players that have Allen Robinson or maybe Cam Akers, too? Is it too early to panic? Yeah, let's talk about both of those players. And, Sarah, as you're going through that, I was I was kind of chuckling because it, the, the pain is real. It's like, <laughs> I'll start with Akers. If I've got Cam Akers, I am concerned. Akers only had three touches compared to 18 touches for Daryl Henderson. Akers only played on 12 snaps. And just considering, like, the, we got to look at the opportunity cost here. It's like, it's like economics. and fantasy, it's the same thing because you had Akers, who was the RB16 in ESPN's live draft trend, and now you've got um, Henderson, who I believe was, like, the, the RB, if my memory serves me right. It was, like, in the low 30s. So the point is he was a great value. But I would just say if, if you have Akers, be patient, wait, but I would try to prioritize Henderson on waivers as a contingency plan. As far as Allen Robinson, my goodness. You know, he, he gets out of the uh, the darkness in the tunnel in Chicago, the windy city, and now he's in the, the bright sunshine of L.A., but it, it really wasn't shining bright on him on Thursday night. Uh, you have to hold him, though. If you have him in fantasy, you have to hold him. Uh, I felt like with Van Jefferson being out, uh, it was surprising that he only had two targets, but uh, I, want, I want to give everyone a glimmer of hope. So we remember the number two wide receiver in uh, L.A. with the Rams. Uh, we all remember Robert Woods. His time with the Rams, he averaged eight targets per game. So that could be a potential outcome moving forward for Robinson. So I'll hold. When you opened up the app of your choice and you decided to place a bet, I'm not asking best bet. I'm asking like the bet that you looked at in the app and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm taking that. Like what stood out to you? <laughs> That's a great question. It's uh, it, and I've got I've got quite a few, but this is one that I keep going back to. I was like, really? Are my eyes deceiving me here? It's like Derrick Henry over ten and a half receiving yards. Like he was on track last year to have a career season as a receiver out of the backfield. You know, prior to his foot injury, and like he averaged nineteen point two receiving yards a game. But I just look at the Titans and, and and just considering the the lack of receiving playmakers that they have with AJ Brown moving on to uh, to Philly. Uh, I just think he's going to be targeted more in the passing game than we think. And just to, to put a bow on that, it's like the Titans, they, they're the team with the most available targets going into week one of the regular season, 351 targets. Robert Woods is not getting all of them. Yeah, that's 
That's a good way of looking at it. Eric Moody's with us. Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Uh, George Kittle, unlikely to play against my Chicago Bears. Lots of fantasy managers looking for a replacement. Uh, what are what are some options that might be available that you recommend? Yeah, so if you if you got Kittle, you know you're obviously looking at him as your tight end one. It's just looking like it's, it's unlikely that he's going to play. Quick side note, and I'll pivot back to the tight end streamers is that I do like Chicago quite a bit this week. By the way, Sarah. Mm. So from from a betting lens, I I do. I I know they're an underdog, but I I think they can cover the spread. So I just wanted to let you know that since you're a Bears fan. But Mm -hmm. um, looking looking at streamers, though, it's three names that come to mind. Um, Evan Ingram is one. Uh, He's in a good spot with Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson. We're just going to pretend the uh, Urban Meyer era did not exist. Can't erase that from the Matrix. But we got a you know Gerald Everett too. Uh, He's in a good spot. Uh, with the Chargers, so I like him quite a bit. And, of course, uh, Albert O, uh, that's my nickname for him, with uh, the Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson, returning back to Seattle. So, you know, he's going to put on a show, and I think Albert O could be one of those players that benefit. So if you got George Kittle, you're obviously going to hold him. But look at these players, the streamers. If my memory serves me right, I think they're available, uh, all three of these players, in over 70% of uh, ESPN League. So if you need a streamer, those are my choices for you. You guys should follow him on Twitter. This is why, because he knows more than all the rest of us combined, at Eric and Moody. Eric, always appreciate your time. Enjoy a spectacular opening weekend in the NFL, my friend. Oh, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thanks for the invite. Looking forward to doing this again. Have a great rest Thanks, of the Eric. show. I mean, Eric, just uh, dropping all sorts of knowledge you need. Don't forget to tune follow in to a doubleheader Sunday. Social. The Jets host the Ravens, followed by the Packers and Vikings. Coverage begins at noon Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. And now... After all of the waiting, God, I know you're ready for it. It's time to talk about my beloved Raiders. We're going to preview the AFC West, and I'm going to get out of control next. Spain and Fitz. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. You got a date after the show? What's going on here? No, this is just playing because this is about to be (laughs) sensual. It's going to feel so good. And we're going to preview the AFC West, which means... Let's get it on. It's Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Which way to HR? I don't know. Uh, ESPN <laughs> Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, you can hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz, at Spain and Fitz. But frankly, I don't really want to hear from you right now on anything that's anti-Raiders because you can't talk me into it. You can check out an AL East battle tomorrow. The Yankees host the Rays presented by Progressive Insurance. Coverage starts at 12.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. In the ESPN app. All right, Sarah, we have previewed divisions throughout the course of the entire week. And the division that last year separated our entire contest for the season was, in fact, Mm. the AFC West. In Mm. fact, not only did that season-ending game against the Chargers create one of the most incredible sports memories I will ever have as a fan for the rest of my life. It also gave me the win over you. If that game goes the other way, Ugh. you win, I uh-huh. get nothing. That game, uh, you know, a, a tie actually would have given you the win also. The only mm-hmm. way I could win was with a win. And Derek Carr, he showed up for me because we're besties, even though he doesn't know it. So mm-hmm. uh, it's I, I, we come into the AFC West. It's time to predict it again. And I know, based on past results, that – the entire thing can hinge on this. So what's interesting is that, according to Vegas, the Chiefs are the favorite. And mm-hmm. after the Chiefs, they've got the Chargers and the Broncos really close together. Very similar odds on that. So they're telling you those two teams are super close. And all the way in a distant fourth, they've got my beloved Raiders. So, uh, you know, before we get to the Raiders portion of it, 
Are you in on the Chiefs being the best team in the AFC West? Yes. Ooh. I'm confident in the Chiefs. I don't think there's any reason to take a step back. I think the issues around the Chiefs are concerns, basically, about Tyree Kill being gone. Them needing to figure out who will be best at what route. You know, some fact-finding for Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid. Also, can the, can the running backs be good enough so that, you know, Andy will actually run when the situation calls for it instead of depending on the pass, which is what he prefers to do. I'm not worried about this. They're going to have a good offensive line. That's going to be a strength, finally, after watching Patrick Mahomes run for his life. Um, I think there's there's some concern about the corners. Um, and and I think you might have to give a little bit of leeway early in the season as Patrick Mahomes adjusts to the guys that he's got. But I think a lot of people are just so used to him being great and this team being good that they're – they're just bored of the greatness and deciding on, on something different, and I think that's silly. I think the Chiefs are the best in this division. So I do not. I do not think the Chiefs are the best in this division. In fact, this is the first time that we've really differed on something. I have the Chiefs finishing third in the AFC West. Wow. And the reason I have the Chiefs finishing third, I keep going back to last year. Uh, I was sitting there watching uh, some football, and Ryan Clark and Dan Orlovsky were, were giving me a mini-education, intentionally or not. And as they were uh, breaking down a couple of plays, a whole series of plays, they kept talking about Tyreek's impact. And essentially, right before the snap, you can watch everybody adjust and cheat to where they think Tyreek's going to go, which creates these massive openings mm-hmm. uh, for Kelsey underneath. I, I think that that matters in the grand scheme of how you're defending the entire team. So while I agree that they still have guys that can play – I think losing Tyreek is actually going to change the production for everybody offensively in a way that's substantial enough. I, uh, the Chiefs are a 10-win football team to me. The problem is where do those 10 wins come and what's the rest of the division look like? So I have the Chiefs finishing third because I think a, a, a tiny, tiny hair's difference between great and good is the difference between winning this division and finishing third in this division. So uh, we we differ on that. Um, you know, And for me, the division winner is actually the Chargers. And I take the Chargers because I think the roster top to bottom is just clearly the most talented. And and this isn't even just about Justin Herbert. The addition of Khalil Mack is going to be big for a team that already has pass rushers that can absolutely dominate. And then J.C. Jackson coming into the secondary uh, becomes one of the best players on the defensive side of the ball and in the West the day he walks into that division. And any team, whether, you know, according to different reports, the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Chargers, all of them are trying to acquire J.C. Jackson. Whichever team had would get my benefit of the doubt on it. The only thing that held them back last year was Brandon Staley, their head coach, relied on analytics in a really aggressive way. It cost them several games. So I'm not sure if he's learned from that or if it just regresses to the mean. But uh, I, I think at the end of the day, there's too much talent, too much ability for the Chargers for me to think that they don't win the AFC West. I agree. I think they're my number two right behind the Chiefs. Um, I think you have to Son of a biscuit, check Sarah. in on how the defense is going to hold up against the run. Uh, the corners are not going to be a strength. Um, there's no depth on the O-line. So if they get injured there and they make things tough on Justin Herbert because he doesn't have protection, it'll be interesting to see how he steps up this far into his career. Also, this is a really fascinating stat about the Chargers. Last year, they were second in the NFL in plays of 10-plus yards mm. and 20th in plays of 20-plus yards. For those two statistics to go together... You have to have this mid-range 
that they hit over and over again and almost nothing on the deep balls. And that's mainly because Herbert got rid of the ball really quickly. And if he gets more comfortable and the O-line protects him longer, will he have time to read the field and hit on the deep balls and deep plays? Because he didn't do that last year. There was that middle middle range that he was really excellent at. Um, that that will be interesting to watch. They spent a ton of money this offseason because they want to see what they've got and they want to make good on Herbert while they've got him on that contract. I think it's going to pay off in a big way. I'm really excited about the Chargers this year. I think by the time we hit the playoffs, I'll be viewing the Chargers in the same category as the Bills. That's how much I believe in mm-hmm. the Chargers. That means where do we have two and four? Because we agree on my two and four. I have the Raiders finishing in second in this division. And there's a massive question mark on the offensive line. I don't disagree with that at all. There is depth issues. There are depth issues in the secondary. I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, I I think the Raiders have a couple challenges. But when you can get after the the quarterback the way that they can, it's going to provide incredible defensive opportunity for Max Crosby and Chandler Jones to go out and dominate, which will create opportunity for other people people like Jonathan Abram to play close to the line of scrimmage, generate a ton of pass rush. Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller are going to provide an offense that I think is top three in the NFL in scoring and yardage by the end of the year. And no wide receiver in the NFL last year had more red zone touchdowns than Devontae Adams. The Raiders last year in one offensive uh, category were terrible. They were 24th in red zone offense. Josh McDaniels, Devontae Adams fixed that day one. Just that difference in scoring will help this team. I think they win 10 games, but they finished in second in this division. I am very torn about the Raiders and the Broncos. I think it's going to be a very tight race. I think the Raiders, because of the offensive weapons that you mentioned and just how difficult they'll be to cover, I'm giving them the edge. But they have massive holes. And I'm worried about the offensive line. I'm worried about the DBs. I'm worried about how the personnel fits with the style of the defense. Um, And then, Fitz, you look at from 2018 to 2020, the Raiders had 13 top 100 picks. Of those 13, 11 have been released, traded for nothing, or had their fifth-year options declined. 11 of the 13. They just cannot create uh, through the draft and through that kind of talent. As for the Broncos, I think they could be a surprise, but with so many new play callers and coaches, with so many questions about the chemistry between the ride receivers and Russ, uh, I'm just I'm just not sure there. So I'm putting the Broncos last. I, I am also putting the Broncos last in this division for the same reasons you just mentioned, because we have no idea Nathaniel Hackett's style as a head coach. So I go uh, Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos. You go Chiefs. Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. We disagree big time for the first time in any of the division previews. We'll give you our playoff previews coming up, but there's a new broadcast team for Thursday Night Football. We're going to talk to one of their members next on Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. It's a Friday. You got Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Be a part of Spain and Fitz Nation using the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Tweet us at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz, at Spain and Fitz. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. 
Happy to welcome in Kaylee Hartung, new member of the Thursday Night Football on Prime Video crew. She'll be the sideline reporter. I'm going to get to the details of Thursday Night Football and, of course, the debut next Thursday, September 15th, Chargers facing the Chiefs. What a wonderful official debut with that matchup. But I want to ask you about getting into sports because we actually met up. I can't even remember what city we were in. Miami, maybe? And we got drinks and hung out, and we were talking about your news career, but now you're back in the sports world yeah okay I was thinking about that visit we had too because that was the last time I think I saw you in person we were definitely in Miami I just have no idea why either one of us were there <laughs> Me neither. Um, but yeah <laughs> it's Miami you never know um, but yeah I mean here, here's the thing like I loved my job at ESPN for the five years I was there so much between getting to be a part of Longhorn Network and SEC Network and and the packages I did on ESPN, like I loved that job so much and I was not emotionally ready to leave it when I did, but I always knew that news was a part of the bigger goal. So when I got the chance to go to CNN and then and ABC, it, it was an incredible learning experience, but man, when Amazon called, it was like, you know, that gut feeling you get when you're just like, this is right and I yeah. want this. Uh, there was no denying, there was no denying um, how, how badly I wanted to to get this opportunity. And, and when I got it, I'm not kidding, I called my mom and burst into tears. Um, because it, there's something so special. And I mean, Sarah, you and I both, like at our core, are just genuine sports fans. And getting to be a part of it from this vantage point, I think we both feel is such a privilege. And I think for the for the five years that I was in news, I realized, you know, I learned how to show up on the worst days of people's lives. And, mm. and that takes a toll. It takes, it absolutely takes a toll. And it, it was, I don't know how to, how to characterize it other than this a learning experience. And, and I'm very proud of how I handled those situations. Um, but there is, an excitement I can't deny about getting back to celebrating the best days in people's lives. And that's what you get to do in sports. Um, so yeah, let's go Thursday nights on prime video. Um, I love with it. Our friend Kirk Herbstreet and the legend that is Al Michaels. Yeah. And uh, Michael Smith, I think is going to be doing some work with it as well. Yes, so another former ESPNer. Love that. Um, I love what oh, you said about gosh, that. I was so excited. Yeah. I mean, them in the mix. It, it's so true that I, it's so hard, and I have so much respect for people who work in news, especially to your point, having to interact with people during these really tough moments. The stakes are so much lower in sports, even though there are always winners and losers and down moments. And, uh, you know, you, you might have had to catch up with Jalen Ramsey last night and ask about how he was feeling after that. I have to ask you that. You're watching last Whoa. night's game, I assume, Bills-Rams, and you're thinking ahead a week from last night. Are you in your head thinking, what would I be asking here? What would I be, you know, trying to get out of these players as you prep for your own gig? Always, always. Um, and I did that in the time that I was away from sports as well. Like, I think once a sideline reporter, always mm-hmm. a sideline reporter. And it's such a unique opportunity to be that first person that gets to talk to a guy after they've just had this incredible night, right? Like, whether they've made that last play to win the game or, you know, just led the team from start to finish, right? Like to be tasked with trying to get the right words out of them in that moment, like to help them process it 
on the spot. Like sometimes I feel bad for those guys, right? When you know you're you're talking to them and they're like, they can't even see straight right now. You know, they're so excited. They're they're so like not even capable in that moment sometimes, and you can't blame them of putting putting their feelings to words. But that's the challenge of a sideline reporter, right? Is asking the right question to help them get to where they're going. Like I, whether I was in news or sports, like I've never been a fan of the gotcha question. Like I, I never want yeah. anyone to say something they don't mean to say. I want people to say exactly what they want to say. And sometimes the right question obviously can help, can help them do that. But yeah, I mean, I'm like the girl watching football where, you know, when everybody kind of stops paying attention, when the sideline reporter comes on, I'm like yelling at everybody to shut up or I'm turning the volume <laughs> up on my own so I can listen to that report or listen to that question and, and study it. And like, I was thrilled to see Melissa Stark back on the sidelines. She was sort of my first role model in that job. So um, she did a great job. Yeah, she was, she did a really she great, great job as always. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to yeah. Kaylee Hartung, Thursday Night Football sideline reporter on Prime Video. You can catch her and the entire Thursday Night Football crew on Prime Video next Thursday, September 15th. Chargers Chiefs, the official debut of Thursday Night Football. Hell of a matchup. Uh, what stands out to you as you're, as you're looking at cool. these two teams ahead of this game? You know, I don't think I'm going to say anything like groundbreaking as I talk about what stands out to me, but it's like, you know, for anybody who wants to talk about the Chiefs' demise already, I'm like, whoa, 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 calm down. I mean, I recognize that that losing Tyreek Hill, like, won't go unnoticed, but I think Patrick Mahomes has earned the right to, like, at least step on the field and see what he can do with a new receiving core. But I think that's that's the big question mark for the Chiefs, not to mention losing Tyron Matthew on the defensive side of the ball and, and more than anything, his leadership over there. But then, you know, can the Chargers put it together? Is this the year um, when it doesn't end in heartbreak? Like they have a roster that should be among the best in the NFL, but does that translate for them? So I think any matchup that can lead with quarterbacks of this caliber um, gets the casual fan excited, but there's, there's so much more to dive into. And I just, I don't think we could have asked for a better way to kick off uh, TNF on Prime Video. Like, thank you, NFL, for doing us a favor. But the, the truth is, like, it sets the tone for what is a great Thursday night schedule. And I think for anybody who questions, like, oh, how am I going to find these games? Prime Video, what, you know, are you kidding me? NFL fans, if you want to watch a game, you find a way. Um, and the fact of the matter is, like, we're talking about Amazon Prime. Like, my, I, yes, I had to get my grandmother an Amazon Prime subscription so she can watch the games. But um, it's it's pretty cool to start from that leverage point of, like, you know, who Amazon already has subscribing and then and hoping with this package, uh, you know, we can just we can grow that and really make Prime Video a home for TNF. First of all, you should already be watching Amazon Prime because the new A League of Their Own is awesome. I am obsessed. I watched it during my flights oh, and downtime from my latest yes, vacation, and it's yes. so good. But also, welcome to the world of women's sports fans. We've been streaming our bleep for a long time now, and we know how to find the things we care about. So <laughs> hop on board, football fans. You'll figure it out. You'll make it work. Uh, we're talking to Kaylee Hartung. She's part of the Thursday Night Football on Prime Video crew. She'll be sideline reporting throughout the year. You're looking at the schedule coming up, whether it's your own personal bias for a team you love or a matchup you're really looking forward to, what do you have circled? Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I'm like not even kidding when I say Chargers Chiefs is um, is definitely circled on my calendar. I mean, but like, 
I want to see Russell Wilson go back to Seattle. Are you yeah. kidding me? Like, there are some of these scheduling things where you're like, how did they know? Mm-hmm. Like, you get Baker Mayfield, you know, yeah. going against the Browns. You're like, how did they know? It, the mat- I would give anything to be in that room. Like, what kind of black ops go down in that room to just have a crystal ball and predict the future to give us <laughs> these matchups that, like, are better than we could script um, if we if we tried? Yeah, so, there's some good ones. Uh, but you know what I always love are like those games that nobody expects, and then like bam, it's you know game of the season with all the drama and and fun. So like I love being surprised, um, and with all the options we have to to watch games now and like consume multiple at one time, uh, you know you never miss it. I can't believe you didn't say Bears Commanders Week Six. I mean, I that is what everybody is zeroed <laughs> in on. Clearly, uh, Kaylee, we're so looking forward I to mean, the Chicago coverage. Chicago will be fine. I'm, I'm excited. Right. I can, I can, always I can fun. Hang out, Chicago. <laughs> yes. yes, we can hang out. It will always be fun. Quality of the football yet to be seen. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. We look forward to watching you and all your coverage. And congrats on the new gig. Thanks so much, Sarah. So great to talk to you. Man, talk about a good starting matchup for the Thursday night Amazon Prime folk with that Chargers-Chiefs game next week. Can't wait. Coming up, we got a full slate of football this weekend. It's time to give you our playoff and Super Bowl picks as well. Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Now, we started the show singing about a quickie. Now we're going for the full thing all through the night. It's a weird Friday, not going to lie. The music's really been setting the mood. I guess we're just a little bit excited about the NFL season getting underway. Everyone's a little peaked. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80 on a Friday. We're going to get to our wild card picks and our Super Bowl predictions. But this year there is a new ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. Here's how it works. Every weekday radio show picks the same three games against the spread, and then we'll keep the tallies throughout the season and see which show did the best. Now, here's the tricky part. Mm. You operate as a show, not as individual hosts, which means that it requires a consensus. And we have decided here at Spain and Fitz that and rather than... I'm always than, right. I'm always yeah, right. That, no, no. no, we did okay. not decide that. We decided that rather than pretend like we would be able to within the span of a segment or even a full two-hour show come to an agreement on these picks, that we would alternate weeks where one person is the final say. Now, the other person can argue, maybe try to talk them out of what they think, but ultimately every other week that person will get to pick and then the opposite person will pick the next week. And then that vote will go in as the show's official vote, which gives us an opportunity to really get mad at each other. If we start to send the show down the standings with our picks, but let's not put that out in the universe. We're both going to be fantastic and fits because the Raiders are one of the teams in the mix. You are going to start representing our show by picking the three games this week. I think we've got a little bit of music for this. It's a team, man. It's a team. One guy can't do it. It takes all of us. ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. That's right. Banger right. right there. Go Sarah, for it, Fitz. Uh, Devin's got to do a lot of math here because in addition to keeping track of our picks, he needs to keep track of which one of us had better weeks, right? Like that's 
Devin, yeah, Devin, there's math was included in this, so we're going to rely on you to be the record keeper and keep us honest. I here. think if I just at the end, if I just say, "Hey, Sarah won," it'd probably be right. <laughs> that, that, wow, <laughs> the blatant disrespect here, and he's not wrong. That's what hurts. All right, so yes, you're right. Uh, we do not pick the three games, by the way. Somebody else picked the three games, and since one of them was the Raiders, that's essentially like me picking the the straw out of the hat that lets me go first. So. I'm going to pick this week's games. We'll start with that Raiders-Chargers game. The the Chargers favored by three. That game is in Vegas' second home, known as SoFi Stadium. And uh, I'm wearing a Raiders shirt right now. And I haven't been this excited for a season since roughly 2002. It's been that mm. long since I've been excited to see to this level what the Raiders are going to look like. I All right, rip off the band-aid. The Raiders are great and they're going to lose this game. The Chargers yeah, have yeah, spent yeah. I knew all that was coming. year like they've spent the whole time waiting for this. They remember losing in the last game of the season, keeping him out of the playoffs. Khalil Mack gets to return. There are real question marks about the offensive line and I think by Monday we will be as hyped about Justin Herbert as we are uh, today about Josh Allen and the Bills because they are in that same class to me. So I think the Chargers win this game by, you know, I, w- I was going to say by a field goal. The Chargers favored by three, though. So I will take the Chargers in this game as much as it hurts my soul, Sarah. It's going to make for a really junky I appreciate Sunday. that, <clears throat> and right. I agree with you. Okay. So carry on. Nice. All right, Chiefs, Cardinals. Uh, I just said that I think the Chiefs are the third best team in the AFC West, and the third best team in the AFC West is much better than the third best team in the NFC West. I, I Proof of concept here, the Chiefs are going to come out. They're going to try and prove everybody, myself included, wrong about the way their offense looks. I trust Patrick Mahomes against the Cardinals' defense mightily. I think the Cardinals need to figure out what's going on in their secondary, too. they got some injuries going on. Uh, the Chiefs are favored by six. It's a big number, but I like Kansas City to win by a touchdown. So I take Kansas City with the points. You good with that? Uh, Yep, I agree. All right, look we're at good that. so far. We're two for two. Can we make a note in here that she's agreeing with them? So if I'm yeah, wrong, yeah, I don't yeah. Get in so trouble. I can't complain later. <laughs> this is where things get hairy because you know I'm out on the Bucks and the Cowboys are f- facing their own issues injury-wise. This game has Tampa Bay favored by two and a half in their opener against Dallas. Uh, you know, little, little torn on this at times because uh, both of these teams have their large question marks. But ultimately, I do believe that the Cowboys have enough talent. I think Micah Parsons is going to come out and make a week what? one statement. I will take the Cowboys to beat oh, the Bucks. Oh, no. Cowboys no. are beating the Bucks. And there's where the split that was inevitable <laughs> occurs. You are so you are so out on the Bucks this year, and I do not understand it. I understand a little bit of doubt. I still think they're going to be a great team. I'm I'm I am very much against that pick. The, I do these, not think the are, Cowboys are going to be good. I, I think both of these teams are going to be pretty good. So since they're both going to be pretty good. You've got the Bucks winning the NFC South and the Cowboys finishing second in the NFC East. Correct. And yet you still, okay. Yeah, but that's because right. I think the NFC South is yep. full of trash. I don't care what Keyshawn says about the Saints. I think mm-hmm. the NFC South is just a heaping dumpster fire of teams. Wow. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking the Cowboys in this one. I feel good about that. Dev, we good with this? Like Dev and producer extraordinaire. We, we, we're, we're okay? I wrote them all down. I'll, I'll send them out and we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, do you have any last we're words? We're stuck to with try? you. I mean, this is, this is it. Speak now or forever well no you won't hold your peace because everybody's just gonna remind me i was wrong if it turns out to be wrong i i I feel good about the cowboys but minus two and a half all they have to do is win by a field goal okay i don't feel good all right moving on that was espn (laughs) radio's pick them challenge uh i look forward to uh, clowning fits for setting us behind right off the bat with that pick but 
we've got to carry on with the, our predictions for the full season. We've done um, all of our divisional predictions. I will very quickly run through them. Uh, in the AFC East, we both agreed Bills, Dolphins, Pats, Jets. In the AFC North, I got Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, Browns. You have Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, Browns. AFC South, we agree. Colts, Titans, Jags, Texans. AFC West, you have Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos. I have Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. In the NFC East, we both agree. Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders, Giants. NFC North, you have the Vikings, then the Packers, Lions, Bears. I have Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. NFC South, we agree. Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Falcons. NFC West, we agree. Rams, Niners, Cards, Seahawks. So now it's only left for us to pick our wild cards and then our Super Bowl. Who you got for your NFC wild cards all right the nfc wild cards for me were actually pretty easy to figure out because i think there's a lot of bad in the nfc or a lot of only mediocre i will take the cowboys as a playoff team because of the uh the, mm. just because of the the look of the nfc so i'll mm -hmm. take them as a wild card i will also take the packers as a wild card because i'm not a total moron despite popular mm -hmm. perception and then i gotta get one more i think the niners get to a wild card okay. because the rest of their roster is too good for trey lance to screw it up even if he's not good so i'm gonna go okay. yeah i'm gonna go with the cowboys the packers the niners i have the niners as well as one of my wild card teams i selected the packers as my division winner so they're already in i've got the vikings Okay. making their way into the playoffs. And then my third is not the Cowboys. I am not feeling the Cowboys this year. My pick is for the Saints. I am not a big Jameis Winston fan. I am curious to see how the change at coach makes a difference, but that roster is very good, and there isn't another team that I think stands out. I'm not going to believe in, for instance, the Panthers or the Falcons, certainly not the Cards or Seahawks um, or the Lions or the Bears. So, um, And for me, the Cowboys aren't going to be good enough. So that's oh, mine. What do you wow. have for the AFC? The AFC was super easy for me uh, because I did not take uh, the the Bengals to win their division. I'm all in on the Bengals to still be a playoff team. So the Bengals are the one playoff, the one wild card team that comes from outside the AFC West. Outside that, I have uh, obviously the Raiders and the Chiefs being my uh, other two playoff mm. teams. So two teams uh, make the wild card out of the West. I've got the Raiders as well. I've Ooh, got your Raiders, you. but I've got the Chargers okay. because I picked the Chiefs yep. as my... So I also have three from the AFC West, but uh, I picked the, the Bengals as my division winner, so I have the Ravens. So sliding. we don't disagree, like, as staggering as it may sound no. in that situation. Because no. uh, same with the NFC North. Like The NFC, we just disagree because I don't have the Cowboys in and you don't have the Saints. Right. The the AFC, we've got the same teams in just a slightly different order. Yeah, so the, we, we've come to some what, – what's your Super right. Bowl? What's your Super My Bowl? My Super so? Bowl is the Bills versus the Packers. Oh, the Bills versus the Packers. Oh, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I struggle with this one. I, I'm going to take the Bills versus the Rams. I still think the Rams turn wow. this season around. Despite everything we just saw, Bills-Rams, Super Bowl. Wow. Okay. All right. It's in the books. We can't take it back now. Let us know at Sarah all. Spain, at Spain and Fitz, at Jason Fitz, if we're crazy. I'm sure you already did. I'm sure as this was happening, you were letting us know. The good news is the Bills, Packers, and the Rams are all going to be on Freddie and Fitzsimmons next to talk about our predictions. Thanks for listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. You can listen to the show weeknights at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.